Hello, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. You rate and review my podcast if you like me. And you can follow me on Instagram. It's YesKingOliver. Tati bye. Okay, guys, so now it's time to start day trading and mimicking my trades. So I trade with a large amount each day. And I will be posting in the Telegram group the coin that I'm trading and the time that I'm about to buy and the time that I'm going to sell. So you can mimic me and do exactly what I'm doing. I've done all the work I've grafted for years and I simply tell you what coin and what time. And all you do is press buy and sell. If you want to do it and be part of it, the link is in the description. The link is in the description below. See you there. It's free of charge, by the way. Um, There's nothing to enter. And um, yeah, it's all free. Right, Chris, if you are listening, um, just join the call and then we will get the podcast going. I don't know if you can hear me, Chris, but Chris, if that's you, um, join the call. No, that's not Chris. It's Dr. Goodman looking for Chris. Any minute now, Chris will be joining and we'll be doing a live podcast. Chris. Chris, 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 Chris. Just waiting for Chris to join. And then we'll start the podcast. Christopher, are you on the call? Nope, that's not Chris. That's John Bush. Still looking for Chris. Any minute now, Chris will be joining. Actually, I'm going to right, Chris, Chris, Chris McCann. Right, he's on the call. Right, Chris, if you just um request to join, and then we are we're good to go, and I'll accept you on. Right, starting in two, one. Right, hello, Chris. Can you hear me? Oliver, yes, loud and clear. How do I sound? You sound great. Yeah, cool. Right, you got you got about an hour, or have you, what's your time like? Oh, sure, absolutely. We can go as long as you want. Okay, right. Um, so I was in the kitchen, right, and I was looking at this little fly just on the blind, and maybe he knew I was there, maybe he didn't, and he was using his legs just like a dog does or a cat does to clean his legs, and then he went to the back legs and he's rubbing them together. And then he got one part of his leg and he literally combed it down his wing. He like turned his leg at the side and he combed it down as if he was like brushing hair off his clothes. And I thought to myself, did this fly learn this? Did it learn it from its mother fly? Did it learn it from, from its like family of flies? Or is it instinctively within him? Like if you look at cows in a field or horses or donkeys or dogs and cats and lions and tigers, they all do the same thing. And it just made me smile when I thought to myself, that fly, we see it as just a dumb fly and I could kill it right now and it'll be dead. But it has a life and an existence and it's got a purpose and it's got some form of intelligence where he feels the need to clean himself. And yet we see that as just another fly. But I was thinking to myself, what if he has the exact same consciousness as us, but it's completely different to us and what we think consciousness is. And yet we're never ever gonna know, just like we're never really gonna know if there's any aliens um, in space. Cause that fly to me was just doing what my dog does. And it was quite a sweet thing when you think, when you forget the fact that that's a disgusting fly. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, my wife and I uh, went and got uh, couples massages. 
and we did the 90 minute full immersive hands-on experience. And as I'm laying face down in the massage table, my wife, Meredith, is probably five or six feet from me to my left. And my nose is dripping. I've got liquids dripping out of like every part of my head. And so I'm like in and out of an ordinary state of consciousness while this is happening. And so a lot of nonsensical things were coming in. And then somehow my masseuse was doing something to my left hip. And this thought came through as something was being released. It was like, oh my God, that was from seven or eight years ago. Now, and I was talking to Meredith about this after the fact, and it stands to reason that the body stores trauma, then it also stores information. So why would it be any different for a fly that's hanging out on one of your chips and is cleaning itself? We've been watching this really interesting documentary on Apple Plus, um, Prehistoric Planet. It's David Attenborough with all of his lovely Britishness. And what struck me, uh, and while it's all imagination and there's science behind it, what struck me was how these animals, these dinosaurs, same is true for any other sentient being that we encounter as we're moving around this planet, has this innate ability or this intelligence um, where they remember, and that's part of the DNA, that's part of what we inherit from our genetic ancestors as well. Uh, it's all fascinating. It's just a long way to say, holy crap, did I get a great massage yesterday. <laughs> and so hopefully your fly had a very similar and powerful experience in cleaning itself. It sounds like you did. Yeah, so it's like when you look at um, them, he often comes across like these birds of the jungle and they do a dance to impress the mate. And just looking at that bird, he he has, he's got a system, he's got a structure, he's got a vision and a goal, which is to get that mate. And he has to like move the leaves around on the floor to make like a dance floor, right? So he's got mm -hmm. space to move. And then he does a warm up and he bows and then he starts doing this type of stuff. And it's like, that's a flipping bird. Like, what how was he able to do that and it comes down to us humans thinking that we're the elite dominant <laughs> species on the planet and it's like we don't really have the cameras in the fly world in the bird world in the dog world in the snail world in the ant world like i looked the other day and i saw an ant um come up to the barbecue and literally pinch off a bit of chicken right mm -hmm. and then he just walked back to wherever he was going and i see wasps come down and they like pinch off food and then they fly away and it's like they have the same intelligence, but just not in the same way that we do. But it really is amazing when you study animals and insects and you forget the fact that it's a bug or a spider. And you can literally see the eyes of the spider and then the eyes of the wasp. And you think, what is he thinking? What is he seeing? What's he going to do today? He's going to go to sleep. He's going to eat. He might have a nap. And you think, like, we're just all connected, whether it's a squirrel, a bug, a bee. You literally, if you think of everything as just a reflection of us, say, in another life or whatever, everything doesn't seem different. You don't think, oh, that's a lion, that's a tiger, that's a bug, that's a fly, that's a wasp. You just see it as a, another living thing, just doing its own thing and just living its life. And it's amazing. Have you ever talked to one of those? A bee, bug, wasp? Yes, I, uh, I I do lots of animal noises, and I um, every time I see every time I see a bug or an animal, like the other day, I saw a bee on the floor, and it was um, dehydrated, so I poured some water next to it in hope that it would drink it. But if I see a squirrel, 
a butterfly, a fox, a deer, any animal, it has my attention until my attention span um, runs out. Um, I, I give that animal, that wild cat, that squirrel, as much time as a human being that I'm with, if that comes up to me, because I really connect with all animals because mm. they're just, they're just, it's like, like a child coming up to you and saying, take my, my Lego. And you're going to go, oh, that's really cool. If you're done with that, I built a Lego. Like if you see a, a squirrel, I find the nearest acorn and I put my hand out, it will come up to me and it will take it, it claws me and it will go. And that's made my day. Simple shit like yeah. that in life. People, people are forgetting just that connection. And it doesn't have to be with humans necessarily. It can be with any living thing. Certainly. I had an experience a few months ago and I was at a friend's house and he has this beautiful pond. It's a koi pond in his, in his, we'll call it an estate. And he has like six or seven acres in Southern California. And I had done some medicine work uh, the day before. And as I'm sitting there and I'm what I observe lily pads in this pond. And from my, from my right, this bee is walking across the water and walking across the lily pads. And given that I was a little medicined up, if you will, it's like, I wonder what this bee has to share with me. And so I asked the bee, he's like, how is it that you're able to walk on water? And whether it was my imagination, fantastical storytelling, it doesn't matter. The message was powerful, no matter how I got it, how it came to me. And the bee said, in order to walk on water, you simply need to be less dense. <laughs> and it's like, fantastic. Thank you, Miss B. And getting out of our own way. And I have this... Um, preternatural ability and desire to overcomplicate things for myself. Um, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with the term steampunk, but it's, you know, back around right around the turn of the industrial revolution, when that had started, you would see these cartoons or these editorials or books or illustrations where these artists or engineers would design these incredibly elaborate mechanisms to perform the simplest act. And the game Mousetrap comes to mind as well. And how I, I have this desire to build this really complicated machine to simply drop an egg into boiling water. And when I, I notice myself more today than yesterday, dropping off into this overcomplication or this sense of like something I have to do or I have to be a certain way or perform a certain way or always be available, whatever story it is that I'm telling myself. And just come back to connecting with nature to your earlier point. And we have all this information and intelligence that is very present. I mean, a dog is just going to lick itself when it feels like it needs to lick itself. And there's really no thought as far as I could tell behind, you know, that, a more complicated level of consciousness or awareness. It's just being. And so I'm very grateful to be able to draw inspiration and from nature and just being able to slow down in that way. It's a beautiful world in spite of all the evidence. Um, when we open up the newspaper metaphorically, or we go online and we watch the news or you can feel and sense the angst that, people seem to have today more so than yesterday, although I don't know that that's necessarily true and having access to nature. 
um, yeah, it's really like, puts um, us in our place. Yeah, like every animal you look at is just living in harmony with nature. And if you live, look at plants and how when the sun comes out, the flowers open up to get the most amount of sunlight. And then when it's at nighttime or it's raining, they close up. Simple stuff like that. Everything has its own agenda and its own purpose. And we think, oh, that's a flower, that's a bug, we're a human being, we're different. But we're really not. We all operate like with the same operating system. And it doesn't matter like whether the bee actually opened his mouth and spoke to you or or the bee telepathically spoke to you with its frequencies and told you, you know, you've got to be less dense than the, the water. That's irrelevant because if you got something out of it and you got meaning from it, that's all that matters. That's why it doesn't matter if there is a God or any of that stuff, because it's what gives that individual purpose during their life. And people spend so much of their time trying to convert people to thinking their way when really it comes down to them wanting to be heard themselves and wanting to confide in other people um who like think the same way or they want them to think the same way so then they can like us right now have a conversation and confirm and affirm about similar things so we feel a sense of connection and it all comes down to connection like everything comes down to connection and if like all the problems in the world are because of man what man's created but if you go into the natural world and you didn't even know there was a TV or a White House or any other country, you'd just be living in harmony with those animals. You'll be drinking with the cows, you'll be eating with the cows, you'll be sleeping with the cows. You'll just be doing the same thing as the cows. And then you realise, wow, every problem I had in my head was a result of another human being. <laughs> Someone had asked me um, a couple of years ago, maybe it was around the beginning of the pandemic, like, what are you going to do when the United States of America no longer exists? And and I believe they were trying to elicit some sort of response from me. And so I just, I sat with it for a second and I was like, well, if I'm lucky, I'm going to make a cup of coffee and I'm going to live my life. And that's okay, right? And it's the natural rhythm of human civilization where empires rise and fall. And the same is true for individuals. We have an overinflated sense of self, or perhaps you're noble in thought and weak in execution. I just intend to wake up and breathe, Oliver, <laughs> and, and go from breath to breath as much as I possibly can. You use the word matters, and, and that word is really interesting because it has multiple implica implications. There's matters where it has some level of importance, but then there's matter in the carbonic sense. And what matters is what we give our attention to. And from a quantum physics perspective, what we give our attention to, right? Even if it's in what David Bohm had deemed the, the implicate order where that information is sitting out there to be materialized. And when we focus our attention on it, as conscious beings that's what matters that's what brings something into a physical form and that's what's so beautiful about this experience here on this planet for as rough as it can be from an experiential perspective we have the ability to feel and to sense and to put our hands on something or to hold something and embrace something and that's what matters so i love to think of matters from a trialectic perspective where we have intention, observation, and then that soup of potentiality of possibility 
which can bring relevance to our human experience. Yeah, speaking about quantum physics, um, I've never ever been hit behind by anybody when I'm in my car in my mm. whole life. My whole 10 years of driving, I've never been hit. No one's ever come in the back of me. And the other day I was on the motorway, just parked up in the traffic, and then some woman who I'm pretty sure was on her phone misjudged um, where my car was, and she went into the back of me. Luckily, there was no damage. She indented the number plate into my back, but I gave her a fist pump, and I says, I'll call you if there's any damage, right? Didn't call her. There was no damage. It's life. I can't be asked to deal with any of that nonsense afterwards. You have a great day. I wasn't hurt, right? Since that, because I like to learn from all my situations, I now am aware of what could happen. So I'm looking in my mirror, and I'm seeing the car behind me, and is it slowing down? Is it speeding up? So I'm planning my escape. Like, can I swerve to the left or swerve to the right is there space in front for my car to go meaning if they do hit me am i gonna fuck up the front of the car as well as the back so i'm all i'm planning ahead of everything in preparation for not making the same mistake twice and i'm looking in my mirror and i'm seeing the car or different cars sort of get quite close and i move forward a little bit and then when they stop quite quickly you see like the bunny rabbit hop of the car <laughs> anyway so now i'm sitting in a traffic jam again the red light comes on. Normally, I just go through the red light, but I thought, nope, I'm just going to stop because there's a camera there. And so I stopped at the red light where normally I'd go because there was a camera. And then this fucker behind me goes in the back of me, right? And he puts his head out the window and he goes, sorry, I'll go for fuck's sake, not again. And so I go mm. to the back. There's no damage. His number plate's imprinted in my car like last time. I take his number, give him the fist pump. I'm like, what the hell? Why? Has this just happened? I've never, ever had a car crash before. Two people have hit me in the last two months. I thought to myself, if I got out of the car and asked everybody around me, when was the last time you got hit? Most of them probably say never, a long time ago. But yeah, I've been hit twice in two months. And because I know quantum mm. physics works, yeah, in the real world, in business, you like to learn from your mistakes. If somebody is stealing from you, maybe you put CCTV up in the shop. But in this situation, me preparing and expecting somebody to go in the back of me and planning my escape caused some fucker to go in the back of me. So that was literally law of attraction, quantum physics, manifestation in the purest form because he could have gone to the left lane, but no, I was vibrating in the right lane, given out a frequency, magnetic force was coming off me. He was feeling more aligned to me and that fucker went into the back of me. And I mean, I couldn't believe that because that is just purest form of law of attraction as it comes. Certainly. Yeah. When we've lived in Santa Monica for six years and we moved here from Chicago. And one of the things that I appreciate most is being able to ride my bicycle just about anywhere. Uh, I've really taken advantage of the last three years in efforting lessons slowing down. Now, before, in particular, when I was traveling for work and it was gone every week and always in a hurry to get here, do this, be this way, whatever it might be. If I'm, if I'm on, I'm on in my corporate job. And within the span of six weeks on my bicycle, I was hit by three cars. And it's like, okay, this is no longer a coincidence. Like what is here to be learned? The third time someone opened their door in the lane and I flipped over their door and I must've appeared to be crazy because I stood up and I just started laughing. 
And this poor guy is sitting there and he's looking at me and he, he thought I was absolutely nuts. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like it just, all right. Like I got the message, you know, and the message was to just slow the fuck down. Why am I in a hurry? The irony was that I was hurrying on my bicycle to actually get to a meditation class. And it's like, if I'm just more aware of what's going on around me and not expecting to be hit, but perhaps instead of leaving a minute later than I should have, why not give myself the grace of a little bit more space? And I haven't been hit by a, a, a car since on my bicycle. And it's just a, an, an efforting less and a slowing down. But it's absolutely true, at least in my experience, that the thing you give attention to are the things that do show up. And oftentimes in ways that we don't necessarily anticipate or would have predicted, but the universe conspires. Yeah, and what's amazing is that it's nice to have, um, it's nice to, from time to time, get messages or signs to say that this is how the world works. For example, when I was evolving and going for my awakening and I was aware of everything and I was not focusing on the things I didn't want and focusing on things I wanted, mm -hmm. um, I saw things go from problematic to everything's in harmony. And now I've got that system in place where I only focus on the good things and I do not focus any attention on bad things and no bad things happen. If I'm always focusing on police stopping me, I see police cars everywhere. <laughs> and then my nervousness makes them like think about, I've got something wrong. And so they would say, pull me over and then question me because they're picking up some energy coming out the car. And then all That's of a sudden, right. when I learnt the law of attraction, I stopped focusing on police. And no joke, I hardly ever see police cars anymore. And I would sometimes go in a day and see like four or five cars. And now I rarely ever see cars. And so I tested it and I started thinking about police. And then I see police cars. So like, when you realise how the world works and how thoughts are constantly creating your environment, whether you believe it or not, and then you put a system in place where you only focus on the good, you kind of get too content with life you know it becomes easy and then you realize the work you had to put in to get to this um, point or you realize you have to constantly work and maintain your work otherwise if you don't things are going to go things are going to fuck up like if you have an orderly office you get so used to knowing where the stapler is knowing where the um, paper is knowing where the ink is that all of a sudden if somebody comes in or for let's say you're you're having a shitty day or you're tired or you're late and you want to go to the massage and you think, fuck it, I'll put a staple in the sellotape drawer. You come in the next day, your brain's used to order and you can't find the damn sellotape, right? And so now you might be late for a client call. And now because of that client call, you're pissed off because you missed it. And then you lash, lash out the wife and then the wife has to go at you and then she doesn't make you dinner and then you have to starve. And then all this like effects and things just evolve from that one thing where you didn't put the stapler in the in the, in the correct drawer and you realize right. wow constant work and you don't realize the amount of work you put in until you, you you don't put in the work and bloody hell as you said it shows up when you when you don't you know discipline yourself so i have a question for you because you had mentioned receiving information how so i'd love to understand or hear from you like when you began to receive information and then your initial relationship with this intelligence or information that is there, and then how you learn how to discern and, and maybe not being as 
fascinated with intelligence information or like, oh, gee, Chris, or oh, gee, Oliver, I just received this download. And, and now I feel as if I have to go share this with everyone. How have you learned to discern what you're receiving as being for your highest good or the highest good of everyone connected to you? So the voice in my head used to be, <laughs> it, I used to follow the voice in my head, right? It used yeah. to tell me, it used to guide me. I never had confidence growing up where I'd listen to myself in the first person. It would always be in the third person, God, mm. my dead grandma, consciousness. And Oliver, you, you need to be doing this. And then I would say, well, why? And he says, because if you do this, then that will happen. So that's why you do this. Is that like, okay, fine. It was constantly just following that voice of wisdom, for example. And then when I was 21, I started to speak to my grandma's spirit because I had no friends and I... I, I just some, somehow my door flew open and I thought my grandma came and I started to speak to her. It was the same third mm -hmm. person, but it was my grandma. Same sounding voice, same wisdom, but I called it my grandma. Right. And then I was listening to this voice every single day, doing exactly what that voice said until my grandma disappeared. My voice disappeared. There was no voice speaking to me. It was almost like I'd been taught everything that I could at school. And then by the time you leave school, there was... There was nothing left to learn because I'd already learned everything I needed to learn. And then that's when my awareness of everything began. But that's where the work actually started because now I had to constantly manage everything that then came into my head. And so everything that came into my head was a download. There was a message. It was a sign. There was a meaning. Like if I open my car door right now and then a car drives past, um, I would find a reason for why I didn't open that door. 10 mm -hmm. seconds before right and i'd link it back to well if you had to start the podcast a minute later then that wouldn't have happened and i would always find meaning for everything <laughs> and then i realized you can find meaning in everything and you could link everything and even if something doesn't have a meaning you can still find the meaning and so really it's like well what is all this stuff coming to me then if everything has a meaning and and also stuff that doesn't have a meaning can find meaning what does it all mean and the answer is you're just in this life where there's no purpose apart from to really find the purpose and you're just trying to find a purpose like millions of years ago thousands of years ago humans are doing the same thing why the hell are we here you know why are we here and they created gods and emperors and kings and aliens and we're just doing the same shit but years later apart from with a lot of a lot more clutter and crap around us you know they look at the stars there's a thunderstorm oh the gods are angry with us maybe we should you know stop eating all the salmon but so that, that, was their, <laughs> that was their meaning but there really isn't any meaning um it just depends on whether you're searching for meaning and stuff or you're not and therefore you may take what comes into your head more seriously than others um don't have to answer your question really <laughs> no it, it it does you know it's i i learned a, a really valuable lesson over the past five years and when when the pandemic had hit and you know we live in Santa Monica and it's it's a nice place to be. But I wasn't sure how that next normal was going to impact my my job, my employees, my company, my family, all of a sudden like many people that are listening we had co-workers that were you know, ranging in age from two years old to 17 years old my wife is home all the time and i felt this need to have more space and so i wanted to throw ballast from the boat and 
cut as many expenses as possible uh, to prepare. And at this point, I was also really fascinated with having developed this relationship with these other forms of information or intelligence or higher self or source or really just imagination. And I, I went up into my treehouse and I was like, okay, where are we going to live? And immediately I heard the, um, the, the name of the city called San Luis Obispo, which is Central Coast, California. I'd never been there. Had, I, I hadn't really heard of it, but it was loud and clear. So I came running down from the treehouse and I was like, okay, Meredith, like, I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to move to San Luis Obispo. And <laughs> a month and a half later, you know, we were up there, we were trying to buy a home. And I'm watching Meredith and I had at least a little bit of awareness around her anxiety and her being ripped from her community here in Santa Monica and being transplanted into a very beautiful, yet very conservative part of California. And she wasn't sleeping. She was walking around the house at night, maybe two hours of sleep, a lot of anxiety, a lot of tension. And after a six month experiment, Oliver, we moved back to Los Angeles. And the lesson there, and I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, a teacher, his name is uh, Carlos, Carlos Warder, he's a, a psychiatrist. And he's like, okay, Chris, he's like, but did you ask where this information came from? <laughs> it's like, did you, he's like, you just, you, you received a download and you just ran with it. You didn't bother trying to discern where it's coming from or what the intention was, or if for some reason you're working out some sort of, you know, karmic knot that existed in the past. And, and there was a very important and expensive lesson in terms of emotional capital on being able to check in with myself and say, like, okay, thanks for the information, but what does this have to do with the agenda of my soul? Or what does this have to do um, as it relates to my highest good and the highest good of everyone and everything I'm connected with? And like then noticing, like where do I actually feel this in my body? Whether it's the physical body, etheric body. And I've learned that where my source of truth is exists right around my groin and the sacral chakra and rather than being in my head and getting that buzzing sensation like what i the way that i'm able to discern truth is where i feel it in my body and that required again coming back to the slowing down aspect and being able to trust and ask questions and then noticing Howdy. Thanks for listening to my episode. Uh, if you could remember to rate and review the episode after you've listened, that'd be fantastic. And also subscribe so when I release a new one, you get a notification. And also, please tell your friends on socials about me podcast. Now I'm going for a poo. I'll be back later. Have a great day and speak to you soon.